Yeah, Mark. A lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation here at the testing grounds today. The 13th episode is about to begin and the stadium is filled to capacity. I'm joined by the captain of the home side and Santosh, what are your thoughts about the weather as we head into this momentous episode? Yeah, Lavi, it is a tricky situation, you know, especially this being the 13th episode. Uh, lots of rain and a lot of superstition around, you know. Uh, but uh, we are confident about our performance. Uh, you know, you, our prayers are for the electricity department for no power cuts. So, what has been your preparation strategy for such an ungodly episode number? Yeah, you know, uh, we are making sure there are no black cats coming into the recording studio, you know. And also we have made sure we ordered enough garlic garlands to be put on, you know, the chairs and the mic so that the boys will play well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Thigh Gap Thursdays. Why Thigh Gap Thursdays? Because we launch a new episode every Thursday. I am your host, Being Brute, and with me, the absolutely inconsequential host of mine, Bogus Noog. Bogus Noog. How are you, Bogus Noog? I'm doing great, Brute. What's going on with you? So this is Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you seem to be in good light, good moods, good energies. Of course, like every every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so it's brilliant to have you here. Mm -hmm. So tell me, how's your week? Uh, Just like any other week, a lot of work, a lot of uh, scrambling around to... um, Make sure, you know, we are going by our timelines for the podcast. The delivery I know, I know. Time. I mean, our diligent discipline. All of that professional stuff. The professionalism. Oh, yeah. Though we are recording it on Friday. But anyways, uh, congrats to you, by the way. Thank you. And I want you to re- reciprocate the same. Congrats to you, uh, Brute. 750 downloads. 750, the big 750. And also importantly, mm-hmm. today is the 13th episode yeah. What's the relevance of 13, Mr. Bogosnug? Uh, it's unlucky. Yes, not for us, but... Not for us, yeah. Because we started off from unlucky, so where else can we go? Exactly. Right? Can't but get any worse. Intense, intense 12 episodes that went by. Mm-hmm. Great response. Oh, yeah. So before we go any further, right? Uh, I just want to speak to the audience uh, for a while. So I want you to shut up your mouth. Please. Okay. So guys... Welcome to the 13th episode, the unlucky number, but that shouldn't stop you from following us on Instagram at underscore ThaiGap. Then you can also follow us on Twitter at ThaiGap. And come on, Facebook, everybody like us on Facebook and share us on Facebook at ThaiGap it is. Okay. I hope you do that right now. Yeah. Don't get number 13 affect you or influence you in any way. Yeah, if you follow us today at uh, at the 13th episode, you're breaking a jinx. Yes. You make it lucky now. Yes. And also, you know, the curse that we put on you, that will go off. If yeah. If you share it with like 13 people. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, Bogus. Yo. The 13th episode, man. We did a great job, right? So far, yeah. So far, so good. 13, 12 different topics. Few of them repeated, got too long, became mm-hmm. two parts. Yeah. Where do you think we lacked? Where do you think we went too far? Um, I think we haven't gone far enough. You know, I think we're just getting started. Yeah, I think we are warming up. Oh, yeah. But we handle a lot of, you know, pushback about the length of the podcast. Yeah, but this is not even our final form yet. 
I mean, there is no ceiling for perfection yeah. when it comes to you and me, especially. Mostly towards me. We just keep pushing. Yeah, we keep pushing. But anyways, Bogus. Yo. You're being quite awesome nowadays. Right. I think you have something to tell us. I have... Wow, that was something that you told us and it is absolutely inconsequential. Wait, I'm taking a watch by pause. <laughs> a story to say. Intense. So, are you telling me that the episode is about storytelling? Once upon a time, Brute, there existed an absolute idiot called Brute. Enough said, let me take over. Storytelling. Okay. You know? That's not so bad. Yes. I mean, you know how much we, the the amount of stuff that we speak, right, in general, is so, um, you know, kind of haphazard Mm -hmm. that we, we overall, at the end of the day, we kind of make a story out of it, right? We say like, oh, so this is how it's going to be, Right. Even when we are not consciously trying to, also it turns out. To, it turns out to it be ends like up being true, you know, a true. story thing. Yeah. So I was just thinking that, okay, how can storytelling? Why is storytelling so important? Firstly, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. But before I go any further into it, I just want to put it right out there that let's discuss about storytelling, okay, as an art in itself or as a skill in itself. Sure. And I want your help here. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me, Mister Burgess Nuke? Right. Right off the bat. What is a story for you? Uh, what is storytelling for you? Storytelling for me is, you know, there's a clear, as a listener, from my perspective, there's a clear beginning and there's progression. Mm-hmm. I understand there is progression and there is an end. And in the middle, I'm, um, I'm being made to wonder about where the story is going or I'm surprised by the turn of events or I'm just following um, a series of uh, events as they're being explained to me. Right. And they're making sense to me, the logical progression of how they're being explained as well. Right. So on a very basic level, that's what I think of as a story. So basically, you're you're going by the conventional definition, right? There's a beginning. Yeah. Then there's a progression. Yeah. That is, it has ups and downs or some kind of a surprise element. Right. Or some kind of a revelation or inspirational moment. And then it kind of ideally goes to a happy ending. Well, no, it's not necessary. Okay. Yeah. But it has like an ending. Like, okay, this is where the story stops. Mm-hmm. Right. Great. So for me, you know, I was thinking about it. And it so happened that I looked at storytelling as a completely different way. You know? Yeah. I mean, I realized as I was thinking that... It is mostly about two things, right? It is one about experience. Mm-hmm. Storytelling is all about... No, I'm talking as a person who's telling a story. Or actually, even as a person who's li- listening to a story, right? Let's break it down. Start with the as perspective of as the storyteller. As a storyteller, that's what... Uh, as a storyteller, it's about an experience that I had. Right. Right? And... Uh, when I look at it that way, mm-hmm. as to, hey, this was a story. For example, uh, say you ask me, okay, fine, dude, uh, why did you end up buying this watch? Yeah. Right? It can be as simple question as that, right? Why do you like a watch or anything? Yeah. And then there is immediately this, this whole buildup in my head mm-hmm. of how I boil down to 
that specific point right right so right. i i might start off with hey you know i was looking out for something like this because i saw it in at one of the wedding or whatever somebody was wearing it yeah. and i got curious that hey i also want it and then you know i didn't find it because it i because i only wanted that specific thing yeah. so i went about so i start telling you the whole journey of my experience right of that point right. so it is always uh, you know from a storyteller's perspective mm-hmm. the more closely you experience it or the more closer it is to your experience mm-hmm. the better the story yeah right because you are living it it gets easier yeah now the second thing is which is a mixture of heavy empathy and observation okay. you know there are some people who have the tendency of learning things faster by just looking at it learning from other people other people's experiences, experiences right so yeah. it's basically they are like pseudo living their experience right somebody else's experience and they somehow you know get the juice out of the experience and yeah. are able to like kind of live it themselves yeah. so the second thing about a storyteller's perspective is how do i put across something which was an observation mm-hmm. right which is also in a way an experience for me that yeah. hey i observed a dog like barking or saving something right uh, and how do i put across that so that is those are the ways i look at storytelling right it primarily lives on the foundation principles of your experience okay and from a listener's perspective it's basically the observational you know observational skill again right But it's like i have a question yeah what happens when as a storyteller you're not really narrating from your experience but you're narrating a third party experience it could be like uh, in example our last episode rules of engagement where we talked about uh, dostoevsky and his what happened in his life right and uh, guys p- please check that out uh, the whole story is on there right. so how, how does it change from your perspective as a storyteller when you are narrating someone else's that's where i bring in the concept of observational empathy right okay in the sense like i listen to a story or i read a story mm-hmm. or i watch a movie mm-hmm. and there always comes a po- so there always comes a tipping point according to me right where the story is no more an observation it suddenly becomes your experience okay you know i mean for example if you're watching something inspirational or something which is really really you know in your zone or Got your it. your like or say in your category of likingness in right? your wheelhouse in your wheelhouse yeah. yeah again spoken english class stop doing that we me, don't right? really use that term broken my flow right go ahead okay but taking it from the top uh-huh like when you see something uh-huh. which you are super interested in then what happens is after a point you're not just seeing it or observing it mm. you're making that mental math about how you're going to use it you know at some point yeah. or you start relating to it at yeah. some point uh, you go into your past or probably you dig out something uh, or anything of that sort also right? if the character happens to be going through some stress or anxiety in the story yeah as a listener you also or as a storyteller also you're trying to convey the same um you're being empathetic right true, and true. there is that element of rela- relatability right? right right from your individual standpoint to a fictional thing or or from a third party thing yeah. right for example imagine somebody tells that dude i went for a roller coaster ride and it was so horrible i got nauseous and they they explain this little practical physical elements of it yeah. and you stick on to them and you are like you're getting gutted in your stomach or you're getting butterflies and you're like oh dude you got nauseous i, I can imagine how it was yeah. and you instantly kind of live that mm-hmm. right it kind of becomes so same thing like 
somebody gets like a very bad injury mm-hmm. right say somebody gets a bad you know gash or or what do you call that like a cut on their hand right. and there's blood coming out yeah you instantly kind of see it and you're 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 feeling the pain in a way right yeah yeah uh so it's it's when it becomes a third person story mm-hmm. that's what should have that's what ideally happens to you okay. if it's a good story if teller. if yeah if it's a good storyteller right. then that's what happens and that becomes your experience more than just an observation or a third party story yeah yeah so that's how i i that's what i boiled down to recently saying that hey this is what it is it's about experience mm-hmm. it is about uh it is about what we observe is what our stories are made of you know and right. like you know you famously say uh or conveniently you know quote somebody else is saying yeah like stories come from real life and art imitates real oh, life yeah. and real art, life art imitates life imitates art correct it's right? a cycle so that's how it, that's where it go, comes from yeah. i feel you know experiences is what makes it all the more believable or a story a good story is based on the it's like a good lie is as close to a truth right, right? same thing is a good story is always the closest to the real experience So how do you see it from the perspective of a listener now? A good story? Just storytelling, the effect of storytelling or you know, well, I only wait for the time where it invokes certain amount of emotions in me. Mm-hmm. Right? A good story always makes me feel organically empathetic. Okay. You know, it shouldn't be forced, it should be organic. Right. You know, uh i don't know if i'm making myself clear sometimes it is like you know you're the, you're just saying like oh yeah i can imagine but you don't really feel it right you say yeah. it so that the storyteller kind of feels yeah shouldn't be exploitative yeah sanjay leela <laughs> <laughs> so it's for me it is a very organic reaction anything that is giving me an organic reaction right not orgasmic Exactly. Organic, I mean that too depending on the difference. scenario. Very thin line. Yeah, sometimes like, you may want the other thing as well. Sometimes, yeah, but sometimes. Uh, I'm not I'm married so I don't need it as often as you. But you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Organic reactions. That's what I'm looking at, yeah. at as a listener. Yeah. Right? A good story, I simply define a good story when I organically kind of feel it or you know i'm giving reactions without really thinking too much about it mm-hmm. and it can be any reaction right i'm not necessarily saying that it is a predefined reaction or there are only these set of reactions that i have to give any reaction which catches me by surprise is for me an organic reaction now is this also the answer to the same question that you asked me before what is a story according to you or do you have a different answer for that uh it it is the same answer more okay. or less Okay. Anything which for me gives a reaction is a good is a story in my head. Okay. It's no more, you know, uh it's no more a statement or it's just somebody's, you know, I don't know how do I put it. Actually a good question. Maybe we can come back to it. Yeah, probably But in the end. What I want to ask you now, Brute, is for a guy, for a person who's listening to this and they don't really um they were never never really aware of uh, the prevalence of storytelling in our everyday lives. Right. or they don't think in terms of story they don't think like they should um you know convey uh, or project themselves in form of story to others for example if they could be selling a startup you know pitching a startup idea right. or they could be going to an interview so what do you have to say to people who maybe are not so 
aware of yeah. this aspect so why is it important why do you want them to pay attention to this well to start i'll answer the first part of the question okay which is what will i tell to people who are going to an interview or you know pitching a startup idea or whatever right let's take it that. might be a little complicated to understand but my my prob- probably my suggestion which i also try to follow in my own personal life mm-hmm. is tell a story right yeah that's my answer let's dig a little bit into <laughs> that uh interview <laughs> yeah i okay so brut thank you for uh, thanks for coming to this uh, interview today right uh, why don't you start off by telling me something about yourself sure so first of all thanks for having me sure. uh, uh it was very kind of you and uh, to give you a little to give you a brief of myself mm-hmm. uh, i'm i come from a family of engineers okay right? my father is an engineer i live in a joint family mm-hmm. so all the men predominantly are engineers including my sister mm-hmm. and uh, you know so hence i had to do engineering mm-hmm. not by choice mm-hmm. but by force i initially had my interests in literature and psychology mm-hmm. but anyways the moment i came i was at the brink of finishing my engineering degree mm-hmm. i realized that i was not having the aptitude or the appetite for academia okay so i didn't look at further education but i wanted because i was good at doing things you know having things on hand mm-hmm. so i decided to do a job and i had a certain set of skills that i naturally had which one of out of which one was writing content so immediately you know i started searching for jobs which where i can use that natural skill of mine and see how i can monetize it mm-hmm. so that's how i started my professional career okay. where after content writing i went on and marketing because that was a time where you know facebook just came into the picture and everybody was using facebook as a platform to do branding uh-huh. and uh, at that point it was just about money right because i was just 23 24 so i w- my focus was to be more financially independent mm-hmm. so it was just like one job to another which was paying me better and also helping me learn a little about what i was doing mm-hmm. and blah 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 i can't like i won't go into the whole story okay. but you know what what but i meant right break it down uh break it down now what were you trying to do there and why did you choose to answer that question the way you did yeah so the simple thing is first of all you're in an interview yes so you are in a competitive environment right mm-hmm. you are competing against say another 30 40 candidates who mm-hmm. are waiting for waiting outside the room or more or more yeah. but i'm giving like an average number in a day you know if each interview is for like 20 minutes each round then right. you're talking about one person interviewing ma- at max of 30 to 40 people in this right? country 30 40 to 30 to 40 people is the queue to the toilet <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's the average number you'll find at a restaurant bathroom going on with interviews right yeah. right good point actually yeah, yeah. but nevertheless you get the idea right yeah. you have like 30 40 people around who are waiting outside trying to beat you yeah. at the interview exactly and there is always it's a safe assumption mm-hmm. that in terms of skill not all of them are very very this thing you'll always have those 30% of the people waiting outside who might have the same amount of skill that you have yeah in terms of the job requirement you can assume the 80 20 80 20 separate right yeah. so say 20% of them have the same kind of skill you're talking about at least around 10 more people waiting outside right. who have the same amount of skill right. so how do you sell your skill better it's all about packaging how do you appear as a bigger better person bigger better person so my my concept always revolved around how do i make the person in, get interested in me 
as an right? individual as an individual so he should see me as a person not just a guy who can do his job not as head count or as the as a commodity commodity or as they call, as they call it in corporate circles resource resource yeah right. <laughs> which is so demeaning um, i mean <laughs> i mean like it's like you know i don't know it, you're almost uh, kind of uh, compared to a coal or something like that <laughs> like it's like how much of gas do we have at home what are the resources at home yeah. like we have like yeah. two cylinders but like but, you're saying you for you to stand out as an individual mm-hmm. that's what you were saying yeah it's basically like what is the value prop i get onto the table mm-hmm. right and i'm just an entrepreneur in a way Mm-hmm. I'm selling myself and you are the product. I'm the product. Mm-hmm. So how do I build a story to the product? If I just tell that hey I I'm a beta grad from you know uh, who did, who had his majors in electrical and electronics and then I did like I I worked in different companies mm-hmm. uh, where I started my career in content writing and then I came here. Right. Then I'm basically giving him more reason to like not dig deep into me. I yeah. want the person to know me more. You're giving him details that uh uh lacks of other prospective candidates could also give him hey yeah. i did engineering right. hey i right. did this college so how There's do no i difference. just step out a little from the norm yeah and yet give what the interviewer wants yeah right and that is storytelling right and you know what happens in a storytelling is now suddenly the person who is interviewing you mm-hmm. is your intention rather at least is to make that person go through what you're going and make him realize in a way that okay fine how important is this job for him mm-hmm. right? right or what how is he looking at this job is it just another uh, is it is this fill just another fill in the blanks for him or does this guy is is this guy trying to bring something more to the of table value. right and i want him to see me as a person not just as you mentioned like resource right. in 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 a certain terminology right but also a person who is who will represent the organization yeah right and the interviewer should feel that hey tomorrow when this guy goes and tells that he is a part of my organization mm-hmm. i i bet he's going to put the organization as a, in a good picture right right he'll he'll paint that picture to them to people outside better so he's technically my ambassador like yeah. he's my brand ambassador just right? the positive impression that this individual creates with their personality their right. behavior right and their conduct it rubs off on the organization right? right right and what i'm also looking at is because i'm of a certain you know caliber mm-hmm. not just in terms of skill set mm-hmm. but also in terms of a certain pers- personality trait kind of a thing right what the interview can safely assume uh, is hey if this guy can get more guys like him mm-hmm. so he is my window or my you know my doorway to getting more guys like him right. to represent my organization right right and it it so happens that obviously in an interview you are processes right you have different steps right so you want the story to continue till the top brass okay right i have a follow up exa- question okay and you can come back to this uh after you're done in case i interrupted you with something but my question is the way you started off with that answer tell me how how tell me something about yourself yeah and the way you built a story around the personal aspect yeah for you to stand out as an individual mm mm-hmm. I think that someone else listening to this may be able to relate to that on some level. Right. And it may be a little bit easier to pick up on. Right. But then what about the aspect where I have to talk about my core competency as a professional? Right. So let's just take some profession for example say sales. Got it. How do you build a story? Now you're done building a story around you as a as individual. A person, right. About what my career How was. do you build a story around the 
job aspect or the core competency aspect now hmm so it's very simple so primarily what you have done in the first question about tell me about yourself right. is you set the premise of there is a protagonist or there is a lead who's basically you yeah. who's leading the story yeah excuse me and you are trying to give a personal a characteristic of that person yeah. right so you are telling him he took these decisions so for the fact that hey when i was at the end of my engineering mm-hmm. the, the, you know the final year of my engineering mm-hmm. where everybody was doing gre and mm-hmm. planning to do further studies which was what was your engineering in again electrical and electronics Jeez. ridiculous <laughs> but uh, well, hey, the all, all the triple e guys out there um uh, do tough luck man I'm, we I'm, are the most downtrodden yeah, guys i'm right there with you oh you are also triple e right oh sweet all. lord yeah so you know what we go through yeah, yeah. but anyways uh, so when you do that right you tell a certain amount of you kind of let the person go into how you make a decision mm-hmm. so what i did there was hey i didn't have the appetite to do for the studies right and whatever might be the reason that was that is what has happened Now having said that I I knew that I want to have a job and have a career mm-hmm. and my intention of having a career initially was to be financially independent at the age of 23 24 mm-hmm. so my priority was openly set as to why I picked up a job mm-hmm. and also I told that at that point I used to write a lot so you know uh I I knew that I had this natural skill of writing so I picked up I I monetized my natural skill Yeah which drives back see again to come to this point right uh measure of man what we did last uh, you know the last the last episode episodes, yeah it is important for you to also know mm-hmm. the basic ingredients about yourself yes right while you are telling a story yeah. you should be very confident or you should be very aware not yeah. confident but aware. i would say aware of what do you carry as your core competence as right. a person right right and it's not about you know the job related stuff it's about the It, it's stuff like uh, what is your integrity based on mm-hmm. you know what is what are your core principles right. as a person to function right right uh, what does independence mean to you mm-hmm. right stuff like that yeah. i don't want to go deep uh, you people can check out the previous episode but you get that right now coming to the point as okay now i have to sell why like the job aspect you know the job that, aspect yeah. and you said sales right yeah okay so sales so hmm So basically you tell the understanding of the job. What I do if if say you ask like so what what is your experience in sales mm-hmm. or why sales or why do you think you are the best fit? Right, why sales? Yeah. So I say like so hey here is the thing right? I find first of all sales is a very challenging role and it's a very intangible role to evaluate somebody's competence of sales. Mm-hmm. We can never measure until and unless the performance is evaluated. right there is an output of sales as to how good a sales person is right right that is a metric that we evaluate on having said that why i am interested in sales is i know for a fact that a lot of organizations in general sales is the engine which is the connecting dot or the mediator between the company and the market mm-hmm. right i see sales as that mediating you know engine mm-hmm. that allows company to know what the market thinks about the product mm-hmm. and at the same time allows market to know what all products that the company has and how it benefits them okay. right so there's a lot of intelligent decision making that happens at sales mm-hmm. and that's where i i get inter- that's where my interest gets generated in sales and also see every company is dependent on revenue generation and sales is one of the biggest engines for revenue generation so you play an integral cog 
you are a part of an integral cog for the company to prosper the better the sales engine is the better the company grows right right therefore my interest towards sales and why i want to be a sales guy because i like to build businesses right over a period of time i started realizing that this is where i want to be right. and why i make uh, why i'm a good sales guy uh Firstly you can always go back to the reference of how I performed in my previous or if you're the first if this is the first sales job that you're attending right then i would simply say stuff like so sales is a science right sales mm-hmm. is about understanding the process and that process anybody can understand mm-hmm. the question comes to execution how well you execute the process mm-hmm. is where the magic lies in being a good sales guy there are different tools that you use mm-hmm. right now what was what does a sales guy need he needs good listening skills he needs to have an ear to the ground on where is a good opportunity uh stuff like that and i feel i'm the person who has that i'm confident about having those tools and with respect to execution of a decision or a process my engineering my fact that i moved away from you know from a core engineering like electrical and got into a creative aspect like content mm-hmm. and did well there mm-hmm. shows you know signs of the fact that or shows that you know I'm a good execution guy and that's the reason which gives me confidence into you know applying for this position or coming into sales so you've used storytelling to project yourself as an individual you've right. used storytelling to project your uh, core competency right and look good as a professional now right as a combination of these two stories right what is the overall effect you're looking to have on the interviewer what kind of takeaway do you want them to have as a culmination of your storytelling the the main thing that i want the interviewer to where i want to position the interviewer mm-hmm. is okay i got a guy you know who's smart in putting across what he has okay that's all it is ultimately what i want is because i'm selling that itself is the act of selling if it is a sales communication job, communication right? right so i want the person to think that okay you know what this guy can this guy can put across an idea in a smart way mm-hmm. right he's not just that ordinary guy who would come to me like any other sales guy because mm-hmm. there are so many stereotypes with every job profile right if for example uh if you're a content writer or say you're a marketing guy yeah. people expect you to come with like color pens in your pocket or like they imagine you to be this creatively uh, you know supremely creative guy with long hair there is a stereotype notion right. about every profession right what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to address that stereotype in a different way mm-hmm. right i'm trying to go to the base thing so i want the interviewer to look at me as a person that yeah i see this guy has the skill now there are different ways he might be evaluating me maybe i'm not a brand fit for his company or maybe whatever it is yeah. but what it definitely does is i make an impression of him that's all is where my control stops right. i'm not trying to influence a decision directly mm-hmm. but what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to make that person look at me from uh from a perspective of yeah this guy can give me a lot of value right, right? i can expect him to be honest with me or whatever is my intention so the story always builds like i said the reason why i was referring to measure of a man is mm-hmm. you need to know what are your core ingredients yeah, right yeah the moment you know that your story will unfold in the same way yeah and like you mentioned yes there might be people who are listening to this who might directly relate to me mm-hmm. but at the same time there will be other people who might like the more conventional way of attending an interview mm-hmm. that shouldn't stop them from telling a story is what my point is okay you might you still go with the convention i have no i mean there's no you can't really force anybody yeah, into yeah. like picking one way or the other yeah but try telling a story 
what storytelling does to you is something that i can tell mm. because it gives you a better um, exposure to mm-hmm. how people are actually reacting to the reality right. of you right? right it gives you a lot of intelligence in terms of okay who can i attract and who i can't where is my story lacking yeah when i say story i'm basically talking about where am i lacking in yeah. in the general way i conduct my life yeah right so i want to know where all i want to build or where all i want to improve where do i learn etc etc mm-hmm. and that is that is for me my storytelling is a practice for me to open more windows through which i get more intelligence right yeah and it always so happens and i'm sure you also might have experienced this when you're trying to tell something to someone analogies have play such a huge role yeah yeah in explaining a point yeah. the reason for that is analogies are basically a simpler version or more relatable versions of what is the core point is yeah imagine your your story or your your way of putting across a point in mm-hmm. itself is an analogy but it's a more real time analogy of yourself right right will that make a bigger impact i think so i think yes it does right 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 this is the longest i've ever spoke in a podcast <laughs> without you interrupting which means you know you seem to be like mesmerized by my intelligence no no don't get too ahead of yourself i'm just trying not to interrupt you here oh my god the the necessity to put me down bogus <laughs> i can't believe it it's because you try to keep competing no i'm not competing here i'm obviously ahead of you way smarter than you intelligence looks hair i so, can go on <laughs> yeah, let's so uh, i apologize let's put that to use then Mm. for a, for a no but i want to know your take okay. hello by the way yeah. just conveniently i just making it like sound like an interview but i want to ask your take mm-hmm. on what do you do you find this because you are a person who takes a lot of interviews or yeah. like you know appraisal interviews yeah. at the workplace so many things right yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you see sense in this of course yeah i'd completely agree with what you said And about the importance of uh, storytelling now you can you give me the other side of i gave you the side of how i as an interviewee yeah can you give me the side of interviewer but we are just sticking to it but you know when i say interviewer you are basically telling the side of the story listener yeah yeah right so can you tell me what is going through your head when you come across someone like me who's like not giving you you know the straightforward answers but like basically is going off into a story in every question that you ask right so I have to mention a few things which you know color my situation a little bit because when I when you say I took a lot of interviews right most of them have been interviews of first time entrants like college graduates freshers freshers right so right. they don't really have a lot to offer when it comes to interviews because they're it's unfamiliar grounds for correct them. so they're all green they're all fresh and uh, very um, <laughs> can you explain before you go any further can yeah. you explain what do you mean by they're all green it's a, again like they're not they don't have gray hair like what is it that you expect no i don't know it's a western terminology i'm i'm not sure why they always refer to rookies <laughs> as green okay i don't know where that comes from <laughs> more ridiculous stuff ever like yeah okay but yeah so what i try to do in those interviews is by and large i hardly and you know i could go through 100 interviews Hmm. Uh, on an outstation uh, recruitment drive and i would hardly come across one example that really stood out in terms of being aware of themselves and being clear with their 
thought process and how they communicate. Right. The rest of them are lost. Mm-hmm. And it's not something we can really blame them for because true, true. we were in the same situation. Yeah, yeah, and nobody teaches this stuff. Yeah, no, no one teaches this unfortunately and yeah. that's the reason why we are also lost and we lose years. Remind me after you complete your answer because I want to tell an interesting story. Okay. So yeah, but yeah, tell yeah. me. Yeah. So what I where I used my sense of storytelling and empathy as you said is I used to look at body language the way they were communicating and i used to try i used to ascertain their competence by what they were saying in the interview not so much by what they were saying because as freshers they didn't have much to say but i used to ask them more personal questions and about situations in their life and how they went about went it. about it right and then i noticed how they uh, answer it you know in their words also in their behavior and the facial expressions and usually i'm tr- i'm able to gauge at the end of a 20 minute conversation if this person would work hard given instructions right because that is then one category of a good employee right that at least if you're given instructions you're competent to deliver right. on those instructions just follow the lead yeah, yeah. then i yeah. see uh, people who may not really work too hard but the This- laziness is what fuels their imagination and they tend up they tend to come up with clever uh, solutions hacks of yeah hacks. getting the work done and so we right. want some of those too right. you know right. you need to have some of those too and then there are people who are a combination of both like they right. work hard they're smart and they're very clear and that's a dangerous combination right like imagine a depends guy depends on how they use it but yeah but the trait in itself i find that to be a very very when i say dangerous it's not in a negative connotation yeah, yeah. but that's like the best case scenario oh, yeah. it's very potent right so when i see this under the surface and they're not really giving it to me proactively and i'm seeing it under the surface i know at the back of my mind what the requirement of my organization is that they hope to close these many positions right at the end of this drive and they're investing a lot in having us go there and true you know, true hotel stay and all that stuff so i look at even if someone is really polished and really charming yeah. and charismatic right. if i sense that under the surface that is just packaging right and there's no meat right to the bone there then i'm not recruiting you're not sold i'm not sold right and uh, he could have done everything good by the book right but i'm not going to sign off on that person right so usually it comes down to very individual ways of uh, presenting themselves judging the situation as well yeah and that's basically how i went about it but i did use my own sense of storytelling as well mm-hmm. uh, and empathy to understand the human aspect of where these college graduates were coming from you know how serious were they right. and how responsible they were at right. this stage in their life and right. the most responsible ones usually get through and so it thanks for the answer by mm-hmm. the way uh, you didn't still answer my question of how do you no you asked me to it? remind you about something once yeah again. so oh yeah 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 so when you're saying the answer of uh, when you're telling me your side of the story right. the thing that stuck me was the confidence levels that you are evaluating yeah right and the two parts of it i mean it's a very interesting point because mm-hmm. you know uh, a lot of people break in a pressure situation right yeah and it happens to everyone it yeah. happened to me also i'm sure it happened to we you all learn from we all learn from yeah. that but the thing is why also how else this storytelling aspect helps you mm-hmm. is because it is your story you are that bit more free right right and when you have when you when you put a person in that situation and say like hey just tell me your story mm-hmm. like tell me whatever it is 
then and say as a as an interviewer if in this case you're a person who's not judging them for whatever it is right right give them a platform so confidence is something that comes out of what is closer to you right yeah. in a sense like whatever is close to you and whatever you feel is you feel is a fact and nothing can like change that yeah it gives you more confidence in expressing that right right so therefore storytelling also helps you to put yourself or or put yourself in a comfort zone even in a pressure situation you know so that's one part of it the second part of it why this storytelling thing becomes so important in in today's day and age in fact mm-hmm. and to a point where i actually feel that uh i'll tell you the i'll tell you the story uh, after i tell this point a lot of people are smart out there oh yeah you know there are a lot of smart people and thanks to the education or the kind of ability to provide education by the average family today yeah. you are exposed to so much of information i also think just for our society the level of adversity that exists right that itself uh, sharpens yeah it kind of yeah it puts you through a grind to become smarter yeah. right yeah so because of the adversity because they're all going through that grind mm-hmm. they're becoming smarter so you have to figure out a way of how do you sell yourself better right yeah. so all these things into consideration now if you look at the number of startup ideas that are coming up number of people who want to become entrepreneurs you know the thing is the one thing that i've that's seen is an idea in itself doesn't sell yes you know uh, it's just like hey i want to create i want to make something come to your doorsteps yeah okay that's my idea and you're like okay and then you start evaluating the idea but say for suppose i tell a story about why i want that to happen mm-hmm. right i tell us like you know take any great successful you know uh, startups that have happened in the last 10 years right everything has a story yeah everything is told through a story right yeah. and those are the ideas which made like which changed the world technically so that's that's another aspect of it like mm-hmm. how else you can use storytelling or why else storytelling is important is that is you make every thought of yours as a lucrative proposition okay you know and the point that i wanted the story that i wanted to tell was i went to this uh, fresher hiring the college hiring you know campus hiring this thing right and it was basically day 7 or day 8 so all the cream crop was taken up so there was the rest of the people and nothing against them right they were they were smart kids yeah and even before i went into the room for the interviews uh the the placement guy came and told me that uh, you might not find a lot of talent and i was like a little taken aback and right. this is your college like yeah. like why do you say that yeah. i'll not name the college or the person but what the funny thing was that he came and told me that you will not find because and it's an mba college right mm-hmm. and this is masters by the way oh. so these are master grads it's a pretty pitiful thing for him to say that for yeah, an mba college right? i was thinking it was an engineering college no something. no it was an mba it's a proper mba college okay and uh, then i asked him why do you say that mm-hmm. and he was like because these are the first generation mba grads of their families okay okay and i thought okay this makes it interesting because you know the parents of these kids were either guys who just like came from tier 2 cities right. just settled down in hyderabad or you know in the main city yeah. or they were guys who were running kirana stores or he basically gave me the demographic of it right and then i went through the interview and obviously you know communication was a challenge yeah 
but i was not ready to look at that because i know where they come from yeah. so i was looking at people as to okay how do they express themselves exactly right i just want somebody to express themselves freely yeah but i'd put it a long story short uh there were not many guys who really caught my eye mm-hmm. so i went back uh, while i was when i wrapped up everything went back and he was like give me a feedback or whatever mm-hmm. i said i don't blame any of these kids for being who they are yeah right because of the fact of what you told me yeah. that they are the first generation you know of their family yeah. to actually come to a point of masters right but what i blame is i don't know what you are doing in your so called you know placement training yeah right mm-hmm. and i asked them what is their placement training and it was so horrible yeah. uh it was so peripheral basically what they did was they made them by heart answers for the top 50 interview questions yeah that are asked in an interview which is why sales or why hr or why this job and the ridiculous part was they never trained them for the follow up question for instance so it was obviously for a sales position that I was hiring mm-hmm. and i asked why sales and there's a person who told that because i like talking to people okay okay i was like fair enough then why not journalism mm. you will talk to people day in day out right yeah. why not why not marketing yeah. because that's your job like your job is to talk to people right. why only sales and that's where the conversation ended yeah you know they don't have an answer beyond that yeah. and then i was trying to get more into how these guys are trained and unfortunately there is no concept of selling their uh, their skill set Yeah that thing that he told you about hey don't expect too much which in itself is not a rare shocker thing. it is not a rare yeah. thing it is shocking how many colleges how many placement people of how many colleges in india would say something like that it and, is and yeah. it doesn't show and i'm i'm i know i'm being biased here but it doesn't show any any capability mismatch from the candidates or the students yeah but it shows a huge incompetence from the college uh, college front yeah right I mean they should take more if your goal is to get your students placed. Right. Your job is to make them ready yeah. for the corporate world. Yeah. And that doesn't include cracking interviews. Yeah. Right? And there is like you said there is always that 80 20 no matter which college you are there are 20% of the students who are top performing yeah. who are well you know more eligible for a job and they're obviously taken by the cream you know corporates. Yeah. But the other people you need to at least make them you know give them enough tools to like you know fight this competition right right and that's where i find storytelling to be a huge huge tool because no matter where you come from mm-hmm. what your skills are mm-hmm. what your background all that takes a back seat the moment you tell your story yeah right i mean if you look at all the media out there also they sell stories yeah and the unfortunate thing is they go in in the pursuit to sell an interesting story right they go as far from reality as possible yeah which which is unfortunate yeah where where i feel you don't have to do that this brings you know? me to the question of okay now i'm always trying to think of from the perspective of someone who's coming across this concept you know as something new hmm as a result of listening to this right So then it comes to the question of how okay I've identified that there's a problem I have that right. I don't seem to be processing things in terms of stories right right and I understand the importance of it now but then wh- what are the tools how do I start from zero hmm to get to a point where I'm well versed with you won't believe what helped me 
what have you day dreaming i'm not even kidding okay <laughs> like day dreaming about myself mm-hmm. actually help me tell better stories i know it is very ludicrous to like put it out do you mean like day dreaming about your future state or something like that in general in yourself? general like again i i will i will go back to the measure of man okay. where there is so much of importance given to me mm-hmm. it was my pursuit was always about like how do i make myself more interesting god like, we just keep going back to back our to previous episodes they're so like good major plug they're so good amazing guys mm. listen to the previous episodes yeah there's so much of meat to the bone like but, you're saying Yeah. yeah so but i you get the point right yeah, yeah. like there is so much of emphasis mm-hmm. of i want people to be interested in me i want to be the center of attraction yes. you know i want to be on the stage all the time right. or whatever that is yeah. you know i started seeing stages every in every part of my life like right. there's a family function i saw a stage there there's you know there is work in my workplace i saw a stage where i can like be a performer of some sort or the other yeah. and that just helped me to you know when you go into that state right of mm-hmm. daydreaming of being the best version of yourself mm-hmm. and this is something by the way kevin hart keeps saying that okay. that always think of the best version of yourself right like what do you see is the best version of yourself the first glitch in the thigh gap podcast recordings the production unit was weak hence we almost lost whatever we have recorded for the last one hour apologies for the delay back to transmission bogus that's your watch so brut for someone who is looking at this from the outside yeah and they now understand the importance of storytelling they uh understand why it is important and why they should be picking up and right. they have an intention to pick it up right right but what would you say to someone who's at zero and they want to pick it up and what kind of tools or how would they go about uh improving on this uh you won't believe what helped me bogus can you guess what what helped me in building this particular skill of storytelling your usual trail of lies and deceit Oh sweet lord and and uh, don't reveal too much but just like slyly put it in your snaky behavior you are going further away but let me help you out with the answer okay the one thing that helped me a lot in you know building stories or telling things in the form of a story mm-hmm. is daydreaming okay like you won't even believe it i know it looks r- ridiculous to tell that yeah daydreaming actually helps you it's i mean it's always put as you know uh by so many people that daydreaming is bad for you or like you know yeah. don't be the victim of your uh, you know shake chilli ke sapne mat dekh and right, all that right. but daydreaming actually helped me out and it essentially was me thinking about myself and i go back to measure of men here mm-hmm. and i can't help but because it's so related to that it's just i feel it's the next step yeah. is once you know what you're made of right mm-hmm. what your worth is what your capability is then you are you won't get an opportunity every day to showcase them exactly right but daydreaming is a place which kind of helps you stimulate simulate simulate right that scenarios in right. your head where you can be like the best version and it's a safe place to make mistakes right so yeah. you are kind of critiquing every thought or every decision you take in yeah. that scenario yeah. and when that day comes where you are actually realize that 
when you actually realize that hey you know this is exactly what i was thinking about mm-hmm. of where i want to be or of the kind of situation i want to be right. you already have that feeling that yeah i've been here yeah. mentally so now this is the real shit so i know what has to be done it's a matter of execution yeah and that's how you kind of you know keep growing or honing that skill of storytelling because you told this story in your head multiple times right and it's just like reading i don't know uh, uh, i don't know how many people had this in the school but you know how when when you initially start talking a new language mm-hmm. they say that thinking in that language in your head helps you learn the language faster yeah right it's sim- it's almost the same thing all you know and it's very kind of you know i am loss of words again mm-hmm. but it's very similar to that right. <laughs> <laughs> i forgot similar guys that's what bogus does to me like uh-huh. his stare kind of makes me forget you do it language. yourself no but yeah. it's similar to that you get that right i uh-huh. mean you get what i'm saying yeah. right yeah. when you are telling that story multiple times you have so many versions of yourself right. that you ultimately so the goal is to basically go to the best version yeah right i mean that's what we are all trying to do here like right. whatever we do in life we want to do it the best way possible yeah and one thing i also want to put out put out there is that best version is according to you yeah it's not according to what your parents think what the society wants you to be or you know how your girlfriend looks at you or all this which right? or most, your boyfriend which in most cases is what you think society wants you to be what you think your parents want out of you yeah. it's not really from their side as well it is your assumption right so right. it is be- better rather to just focus on what's the best version of yourself according to you yeah yeah, yeah. so you have to build that image of yourself yeah. which is a which is i think the more tougher challenge it is yeah right because you are going into a very uncertain area mm-hmm. of of no reference yeah and we are all victims of reference right mm-hmm. the moment we have a reference it's easier for us to kind of like you know replicate that yeah or try to replicate that yeah. but because there is no reference of the best version of you it is a lot of a lot of guess game right right it's a lot of assumptions right but at the same time that's what is going to help you to actually put yourself in challenging positions mm-hmm. right okay. so that's the tool that i have used okay. and that benefited me mm-hmm. but you know there is no said law yeah. or there is no rule book for this different strokes different, different strokes folks. you have you have your own you can make your own yeah whatever path. works for you and i've seen the most conventional thing is writing a diary mm-hmm. uh or writing something on a piece of paper right the moment you get up in the morning I mean I've seen a lot of people a lot of successful people do this. Yeah. That they get up in the morning the first thing they write down is what are the things that they want to do in the best way possible. And for all I care they must be thinking about these things when they're going to the bed before night. Yeah. The night before. Yeah. Right? So for me there are there are gazillion ways of doing it. Yeah, and yeah. what writing does is it helps in organization of your thoughts. Right. Because there's only so so uh, there's only so much faster that you can actually write you're right. limited by your physical speed so now the speed of thought in your head is being tempered through this bottleneck right. of your physical speed of output right. and that is helping you take some time and come up with better ways of expressing yourself yeah in writing yeah. and that is in turn organizing your thoughts better and the exercise of writing regularly even if you're writing a to do list every day or a shopping list every day right whatever it is but just that exercise helps you get a uh, helps you find a way to objectify or articulate articulate yourself better 
and then you know what is the finer aspect of writing which i feel is amazing uh-huh. and which happens so naturally is you won't write a sentence till you are absolutely convinced about it in your head yeah how many times have you picked up a pen and a paper and you you want to write down something but you just like hold on to it for yeah. some time you don't immediately like start like writing gibberish right yeah yeah you are you your mind doesn't allow you to do that yeah you're like this is not on par like you have a better way if, because you're writing it down yeah. right you allow me some time to like put it in a better way just don't write crudely so yeah. that also helps you like reevaluate everything that you're thinking right right so i mean i that's the reason why i feel diary is also one of the most you know popular ways of you know basically putting down your story or writing a journal or whatever mm-hmm. because it helps you give a better finished product yeah so and if i could add to that the way that i use usually follow especially because we spoke about interviews yeah and this could apply to any situation where you're trying to you're walking into opportunity and you want to come out uh the winner right right having done what was needed right what helped me usually is i pretend you hmm. know like i just think i'm an actor this is a scene yeah and what happens with that is the advantage i get with that is i can put all my nervousness aside all my stage fright and because uh the thing with actors is no wonder you chose podcast with, as a medium right you have stage fear <laughs> so you want to be anonymous behind a mic no stage fright was just an example for others oh but uh it, it even helps with that because you become more free because if you're acting you're not really being yourself right you're being something else right you so kind of build a shield it's a liberation of some sort yeah right? oh yeah i can be free being something else right so i pre- i like to pretend that i'm the most confident i'm the best candidate that day yeah or for that job ever yeah and uh, how would that person talk yeah you know forget about how i would actually stumble through my interview right now i'm thinking about how would the best the smartest the most charismatic candidate yeah would walk into that room would meet the interviewers eyes right and talk to them like human smile beings. across shake smile, a f- give a form shake yeah sh- uh, have a positive disposition right. basically everything that we think a leading man or a the leading uh, the hero would yeah. uh, do in the situation right i would just usually take you know leaf out of that book right and just pretend to an extent where once i'm out the interview room i have no idea what happened inside right right but i'm just waiting to now hear whether they accepted me or not yeah and yeah. usually more often than not it works it works in my yeah. favor because yeah. because you're you know uh, I, it works because you are confident about it yeah most of the times it's basically your conviction in the story yeah. that goes like a story is a medium of transmitting conviction right? Right, right so the more you are convinced about the story it it's easier for the other person to also it get rubs convinced rubs off on the other guy yeah right yeah. so in the same note i also want now that you know we are talking so much about storytelling and all mm-hmm. let's i just want to ask you one last question bogus sure what is the best story you ever heard okay in your 48 years of life in my 62 years of existence yeah The best story I ever heard also happened to be the most uneventful story I ever heard strangely uh-huh. because back in school um I had an English professor called uh, Mitra sir okay late great um he was physically disabled so he used those uh, what do crutches. you call crutches yeah. to move around and he was a very eccentric kind of character he was a senior citizen by back then itself right. and we were kids huh. the advantage we had with our uh, institution was that we had university professor Uh, like university level professors right coming down and teaching kids this was in school this was in my school okay and you went to school 
um okay yeah contrary to popular belief <laughs> but uh, you know so he and i used to always have uh, a standoffish equation mm-hmm. he used to not really like what i was about and right. i was not really giving him too much bhav yeah you know uh, even though he is he deserves whatever yeah. credibility and he used to be very eccentric i remember he used to catch me dozing off in his class hmm. he used to make <laughs> me stand up and ask me in front of everyone why is this table not a chair and why is this chair not a table tell me now tell me or you get out of the class yeah because the chair is where i'm sitting yeah you know table is where i'm, I'm half drowsy yeah and so when he asked me a question like that he is expecting a smart answer i am doubting his sanity <laughs> you know so i'm clash of wits i'm looking at him like are you seriously expecting me to give an answer to that kind of a question yeah you just got me sleeping why yeah. not just be done with it just right. put, throw me out right why this drama you know right but then when in a good mood he used to go away from subject material right and he started narrating a story huh of when he was a kid and as a bunch of friends he and his uh friends used uh went to uh play under a under the shade of a tree huh. and they plucked fruits from that tree right and uh the uh, there was a fight that broke out between the friends huh. and basically there was no high stakes huh. there was no suspense there was no but it was one of the most thrilling stories i ever heard huh. it was the most uneventful thing that that was it it was yeah. just a story about how a bunch of boys right went to a tree played under the shade all yeah. this happened right that's it and we all a class of 35 boys who were usually noisy right we were all gripped we were all silent huh. and we were following every word of yeah. his story yeah and then i realized something is something else is going on here because if i evaluate the story on its merit right it is one of the worst stories i ever heard <laughs> you know like yeah. in terms of plot right there's nothing in this right to keep me engaged but why was i so highly engaged in what he was saying huh when there was nothing to it and that really that was the first instance i remember where i understood the value or the importance you know of storytelling right and so that was basically my answer yeah i think one of the best stories are always which are not told to you but was intended for you you know in a way like okay uh that's something that always catches my attention not sure where you stole that bit of smart uh phrase from but i'm sure it's not yours father of course but so my story is told by my father which is pretty exciting okay and it was just that phase where you know i was in college and mm-hmm. hating it mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. and none, not a single ounce of me was even interested in what was supposed to be done in a right. college right and my father was my mother and father basically both my parents were trying every way possible to like get me excited about my you know my engineering right which was not working mm-hmm. and then at, at this point my father once just walks into my room mm-hmm. and he sees that my room is a mess typical right. you know college guys room uh clothes on the table clothes on the, on the chair everywhere books here and there so basically disgusting mess. as you are yes it's yes. basically a representation of myself yeah. and then my father very calmly opens my cupboard and he sees that everything is neatly packed okay right like the, the iron clothes are in in their place mm-hmm. and all, the whole thing and he started telling me a story uh he started basically not a story but he started telling me something about uh how he had a classmate mm-hmm. uh who who was very aloof and he had a way of approaching exams okay and basically the story went that he's this he's a smart ass right uh, he's this super genius kind of a student mm-hmm. 
who never gave attention in class who okay. looked always like a loaf uh, always like going around speaking to people not right. really giving a shot right. uh, and then it, by the time the exams came this guy would vanish okay right like nobody would meet him right and just before a day before the exam mm-hmm. right he would again come to everybody and say like let's go for a movie okay. so his ritual was he would go for like a second show in the night right before the day of the actual exam right and the indication was if so and so person basically goes for a movie before the exam that right. means he's going to top right that's his way of validating that i've prepared the best way possible mm-hmm. and there's nothing more for me to do but to chill yeah. right i don't have to go back to it or whatever and he's he described me that person i know him as my father's friend later on okay like in my world right right but the way he my father described me mm-hmm. i knew he was describing me not his friend okay you know he was telling that you know he was like the same everybody liked him he had this flair for doing extracurricular activities always was looking out for something that could be done differently so far it doesn't sound like you at all yeah because everybody never, liked him please please everybody likes me bogus you are just yeah. jealous of the fact that i get yeah. it so naturally i get love from everyone just uh-huh. like that without even asking but put it put it long story short right. when i was telling this i was like i realized at some point okay now he's talking about me mm-hmm. right the whole i need attention i need people to listen to me kind of a thing yeah and i was like okay fine where are you going with this and my father basically turned the whole you know co- context uh-huh. as my room and he said look at what you are trying to show people whereas what you have what you are on the inside uh, in the inside like right. how your brain works yeah. to what you are trying to convey and i understand that you know you have this whole thing about not trying to come across as a smart guy or like yeah. you know orderly guy You're or whatever goodwill hunting this shit goodwill hunting this shit exactly yeah. right now that you told that parcel section <laughs> i remember but yeah. you know when he said that i just that was the instance why where i realized mm-hmm. how do you connect dots in a story right, right. I, that was the day i felt like hey you know what because of the way my father went about it ah uh, so you're saying how he connected he started off with your his friend right right and then that sort of sort of sounded like you and now he connected that whole thing to how you're yeah i'm not go- i i didn't explain it in detail but basically he painted the picture of my lifestyle right through how his lifestyle was in college so right. that was the relating string right? and also to how your room is looking like now which is yeah which is later on right, right? which later on when i said was a whole deal about it yeah. he went into a completely different angle and he basically compared the overall life mm-hmm. that a college guy has to how and how that reflects in his room right right so i'm not i've not explained it in detail but you get the point but right? i get the point yeah, yeah so it, he spanned a, co- a course of like 20 25 years in that arc of his story right basically right yeah. so and he told like look at him and he's a successful person obviously mm-hmm. my father's friend mm-hmm. right a uh, very strong entrepreneur like got like a lot of goodwill around him right. he went he had his uh, ups and downs but still like you know you can make out that yeah when you meet him you know that this is a smart guy sorted sorted guy yeah. right uh, so that's the time where i actually realized hey you know what this is how you tell something to people right even if it is your problem you don't go across to someone and say dude i have a problem with you mm-hmm. you know i hate your face but there are ways of telling it right yeah, i mean yeah. and yes 
as much as i'm a blunt person and i like to be blunt and to the point about it mm-hmm. but the art in itself right of telling everything in a form of story yeah. so that you remember it also so like it's like exactly. it's been 10 years and i still remember that story exactly right it's and not just this is how you tell uh, uh, tell this to people it's also this is how people would really understand ex- exactly and yeah. that leaves a mark exactly if it's a bad story it's a scar yeah. <laughs> but if it's a good story a mark a mark yeah. right and that's what you want to do with yourself as a person you want to leave marks across as you go in life yeah. right you want people to remember you mm-hmm. in the best way possible and right. that's how you tell a story and we have i mean it doesn't just stop with you daydreaming or you writing a journal and thinking of the best version yeah. but your actions should slowly start getting in tune with that storyline right. that's a bigger game right like right. at the end of the day like when you die what you leave is a story and yeah. that's what great guys are left with they become immortal with their whole life story yeah yeah not saying that you have to become a biography at the end of the day but a- at least in your vicinity yeah. you make that impact through you living a life of a story that you've written for yourself true right true and as much as we don't know it creates a lot of value for for you as an individual at the end of the day mm-hmm. when you hone that skill of telling stories it helps you break a lot of barriers yeah fight a lot of you know like you mentioned yeah. like you play a character when you come to that stage of like hey i'm a character which has to be played yeah there are a lot of inhibitions that kind of take a back seat yeah right so so that's yeah that's the perfect i mean there are a lot of stories that my father tell which i feel are like borderline perfect mm-hmm. uh, he's a great storyteller but uh, unfortunately i don't think i got his skill okay that was not the fair part of life but yeah that's about it that's wow that was my favorite story i feel like many of the other topics that we picked on so far in our episodes yeah this one also is an open ended one that we might revisit ah uh, yes in future absolutely uh, if we true. find there other I aspects like a podcast of, story itself will be something that we might be telling someday yeah and if we find other aspects of it that we want we think might add value right we'll for sure come uh, come across but i just want to say for anyone listening If you haven't heard our episodes on measure of man it is very very closely related to this yes. topic as well so please make sure you go ahead and prove that listen to that because that is at the very bottom there's a uh, foundational that's a foundational step. kind of step yeah. over which you can uh, explore and improve on these other aspects yeah um so that mm-hmm. brings us to the conclusion brood of our episode on storytelling for now yes storytelling about yourself Awesome. Thigh gap. Subscribe and share and share. Yeehaw. Okay, so now that everybody has shared the podcast, Bogus, it's time for us to share our parcel. Oh yeah. Swooping into the all new parcel section of Brand the 13th new. episode. Brand new. We are just unboxing it right now. So are you ready? I am ready as ever. Very good. I'll start then. So my parcel section, my recommendation for this episode mm-hmm. is a 1970s sitcom which they claim was the father of all sitcoms that followed. Oh, how the exquisite. The name of the sitcom is The Odd Couple. Okay. 
it's a fantastic sitcom you will find a lot of these episodes on youtube i don't know how many people have actually seen this but it is done by jack klugman mm-hmm. and tony randall mm-hmm. uh two extremely great actors okay. of back in the day the american actors uh-huh. the premise of the sitcom is very similar to any other sitcoms that came and you can say it's friends or you know how i met your mother oh. big bang theory any of this right okay. it's set up in an apartment Mm-hmm. and jack lagman and tony randall are two divorced men right. who basically got kicked out of their house and are staying together in that apartment okay. at new york right uh-huh. the funny part is tony randall is a fashion photographer who has an ocd for neatness okay. okay he is extremely neat extremely ethical he doesn't cheat women mm-hmm. and all that which is very contradictory to his profession right okay. and on the contrary Jack Lugman is a journalist, is mm-hmm. a reporter, a column writer you can say, right. who is absolute slob, right? Okay. He's he's he eats in his bed, he's always a mess. There is like wherever he goes, the trail of mess follows. Right. And how things kind of happen at their apartment, uh-huh. like the different kind of scenarios. The reason I'm telling that is at that time in the 70s mm-hmm. when the when the show kind of started getting telecasted, right? Mm-hmm. it became like the foundation principle of how a sitcom should be designed okay and one of the first few sitcoms that went about it is frasers and your seinfelds you know who kind of adopted ideas from the odd couple okay. right where the concept of so this was a comedy it's a comedy it's a pure like and it's just, it's like a rock comedy right it right. is jack lugman is a fantastic comic actor mm-hmm. and tony randall with the straight face has mm-hmm. a brilliant you know delivery of comedy also in his own way right. so it it is a good mixture of sarcasm dry comedy and situational comedy uh, which is why it's sitcom right sitcoms are sitcoms, situational, situational comedy situation so that's my recommendation that is the odd couple 1970 you can also find it as uh, neil simpson's the odd couple that is also one of the official names that it started off with oh. so it's a great recommendation you should also check it out i know you didn't see it for i have not life. watched it a lot of yeah. movies also came out of that concept okay right uh, i think uh, jack lemon and there was another person which which was a yeah, feature yeah, yeah, film yeah yeah they were uh, based on jack lemon idea. hits yeah um, of that time right yeah yeah, yeah. it's called the odd couple the more the name of the movie is also the odd couple okay uh, it's about two guys taking a road journey oh uh, jack lemon's the apartment Uh, Jack Jack Lemmon he's there in a lot he's one of the claim to fame movies of his was The Twelve Angry Men right and uh, The Great Race again very veteran actor but I'm not going deep into it like you bogus okay and that is my recommendation for the 13th episode of Thai Gap podcast The Odd Couple which means odd couple odd recommendation for an odd episode which means probably you should skip it especially because brut is recommending it i mean now starts the history class guys bogus <laughs> what's your recommendation my parcel for today is a movie that released in 2002 called city of god it's a brazilian movie the original title is cidade de deus uh <laughs> repeat the which title i think is the way it's pronounced i'm not sure it was directed by uh, two people uh, a brazilian Uh, both Brazilians called uh, uh, Fernando Mireles and uh, Katia Lund. Settle down, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just the name they have. Yeah, you know, yeah. So Fernando Mireles and Katia Lund directed this movie together. 
it's based on the slums of uh, Rio de Janeiro mm-hmm. you know and uh, the ghettos of the slums in Brazil they're called favelas right hurry up so this story is based on one such favela called city of god mm-hmm. in rio de, rio de janeiro okay and it's uh, based on the story of one boy called rocket caught it and he is the only straight guy mm-hmm. in that slum and mm-hmm. his dream is to he his f- passion is photography and his dream is to uh, be a photographer for the uh, local newspaper mm-hmm. you know that's mm-hmm. he wants to have a clean career because what usually goes down in these favelas is it's all drug trade mm-hmm. you know it's all boys looking to get rich fast uh-huh get guns fast mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of death oh mm-hmm. you know so it's the story of how, how rocket how he goes through how he navigates the dangerous everyday life in the favelas which to just give an example the movie opens on a chicken it opens on the pov of a chicken that's running around uh, on the uh, in the uh, you know favela streets but, and mm-hmm. the boys are chasing it around and it becomes like a convoluted long drawn out chase uh, between multiple boys from different directions is- ultimately they catch the chicken and that chicken is toast you know quite literally uh-huh. that kind of explains or metaphorically shows you what the life of any victim is in such a favela mm-hmm. so they shot this entire movie with hand held camcorders camera okay mm-hmm. and so you the minute it starts this movie the pacing is so intense mm-hmm. you it never lets up like you are always at the edge of your seat i'm always shocked at how well this movie was made in such, such a shoestring budget not to mention its amazing original soundtrack full of great bossa nova tracks from uh, brazil so it was my introduction into the genre of bossa nova as well so i really recommend city of god uh, for anyone looking to be really excited and thrilled through a movie that's my recommendation wow guys wow this is undoubtedly one of the fastest recommendations of bogus and uh, that's about it guys i think we've yep. done a great job yeah and i also know who should be the first uh, listener for the podcast for the really? storytelling skills uh, bogus uh-huh. please listen to our podcast to improve your storytelling skills ah right and right while, and while you do that bogus tiger podcast subscribe and share and share Mhm. Mhm. Hey, thanks for listening. You can follow this podcast on Spotify to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. We're also on Apple Podcasts for those of you who have partaken in the forbidden fruit. If you liked what you heard, leave us a 5-star rating and a comment. Say anything like the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. A rating and a comment really helps us out. It's free, and I'm told That's a great price. But enough about us, huh? Tell us about yourself. Leave us a comment. Our Twitter is at thigap and we are underscore thigap on Instagram.